It was at this moment that he knew. Damn, son, where'd you find this? So just do it! Make your dreams come true! Just do it! You are now listening to the world's most popular, inaccurate, and sometimes squirreled retelling of pop culture history. It's Podcast 42 on the Podfix Network. I don't know why you're laughing. I can't believe how good our sound is now. <laughs> well, when you plug in the, the four track, it's even better. <laughs> or you record a whole uh, half of a, a third of an episode and you don't plug it in and then it sounds really bad. My head. But guess what? What? It's time for oh. Podcast 42, <laughs> round two. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all that comedy gold. No. Gone. That was probably the most funniest, best episode we've ever not recorded. About this year. This year. Uh, stop giving me dirty looks. It's in now. We spent all that time doing sound checks, and then you don't plug it in, and then we sound like crap. Oh, my God. You know, none of this would have happened if I had a pink microphone stun. I'm still. Anyway, I'm Christopher DeVos. I'm annoyed. (laughs) I'm JL Trost. I'm Laura. (laughs) And I don't want to be here. Hey, you know what? We we could do that thing that you wanted to do that I messed up. (laughs) So are you ready? One, two, three. Live Live from New York, it's Saturday night. And that's our topic for tonight. Saturday Night Live, with an emphasis on Lauren Michaels. But first, let's open up the beer cooler again. JL Beer Cooler, it's cooler than you think. JL Beer Cooler, it's cooler enough to drink. It's cooler enough to drink. My beer's already gone. Jail. <laughs> I love my second. Would you like mine? <laughs> I didn't even taste it yet. What did you bring us? Oh, I'm on my second one of this, so Yay. it's Dead Arm APA from Coast Brewery out of Charleston, South Carolina. Laura's favorite type of beer in American Pale Ale. Oh, yay. Again. Again. Hey, Nicole, did you know that it's a 6% ABV? Did you you know that it's 97% organic? Yeah, I'm very concerned about the other 3%. It's Dove Ivory Soap. No, that's two different soaps, isn't it? that's two different companies. Okay, it's a half, uh, 1.5 Dove, 1.5 Ivory. 99% 99% pure. I was going to say, does it that equal It cleans you Irish as you drink it. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get right into the pop quiz. This pop quiz is called Live from Orlando. It's Podcast 42. Not that you're now listening to it live. Or, please don't turn off this podcast after weekend update and go to bed. Accurate. That, you think that's fair? Yes. That's what I, you do. Yeah, this is exactly what I do. <laughs> I usually also fast forward through the musical guests because I never get to watch it live. I always watch it on Sunday mornings, and I unless it's a guest that I know and I like, I just fast forward it. I fast forward too, even if it's a guest I know 
or like, but I give them about a minute of singing. Oh, no. See, you have to do it really fast. That way you don't have to watch the commercial break at the end of their performance. Like, it's 30 seconds. If you watch for more than 30 seconds, then you then have to watch the commercial break. Why? I can just I know, That's just how Hulu through. works. Oh, why well, don't do it on Hulu? I'm rich. I have cable. Oh, boy. Well, how nice is that for you? <laughs> Maybe with your other wife. <laughs> this house isn't rich. No. You're the one who wanted cable because you wanted to scroll through the channels. Hey, sometimes you got to flip. You can do that for free on Pluto TV and scroll through the well, channels. I ask you what we need, and I know cable. Anyway, get out your pens, papers. This is five general knowledge facts on Lauren Michaels, <laughs> Saturday Night Live, in order of the easiest to the hardest to test your knowledge score. One point for each correct answer. Question number one, which musical, which music, which musical done by this musician <laughs> who didn't do a musical holds the record for the most appearances as a musical guest on the show. So the actual question is which musician holds the record for the most appearances as a musical guest on the show and the hint hint him or her okay (laughs) it's a him he just tried to say her to make us thrown off the set you would know that if we had the audio from the last try we may have i just i completely erased all of it we may (laughs) have covered this person before it's pink floyd it could be pink floyd um question number two who was the first host of Weekend Update? First host of Weekend Update. Hint from the original cast. I know you weren't alive during the original cast. Wasn't alive. But you, people still know things that happened in history. When was the original cast? What year? Was it seventy-one? You should like know that. this. You wrote the script for tonight. I don't think I put in any dates. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. 1975. Because somebody always gets upset when I put in dates. It's Somebody's 1975. It's in the first paragraph. Oh, is it? Did I put in the date? Okay. No, just the year. Question number three. What Long Island rock band was parodied in the infamous... Infamous. Cowbell. Uh, more cowbell skit. I was waiting to be corrected again. So. Yeah, I'm not doing that again. You missed the gold the first time. <laughs> Question number four. Can you name... Any SNL cast members that cursed on air during the live broadcast? I have two names. You can name both of them. You can name one of them. You shouldn't. Don't put zero because I have two names. <laughs> and question number four. Which cast member has the longest tenure on this show? It's not who you think, even though you wrote that down anyway. Yeah, I told you I was going to write that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> And Toe from Gravity Beard was generous enough to call in, and he gave us a trivia question, so I decided to tag that into the pop quiz. So here's Toe with his question. Hey guys, Toe again from Gravity Beard and fellow Pod 6 member. I thought I'd call back with a trivia question about Saturday Night Live. Do any of you know the first host and the first musical guest ever to appear on the show? All right, pens, papers down. Let's correct the sucker. I did not study for this test. I, I didn't, know. I, never I forgot do. about the test. You forgot about <laughs> pop quiz. I did. This we was took, a real pop quiz today. <laughs> we took three weeks off, and then we did a a, the, a show without a pop quiz. Yeah, we the Podfix mixtape. I think we should have just done a pop quiz on Stefan. 
there, yes. I don't know how many questions you. Oh, you, can, oh, there's a you lot need of questions. to know everything that's at all his clubs. I can give you a question now. Who wrote for Stefan? Stefan. No. Yeah. Uh, John Mahoney. Yes, I know. And John he, he would always. Bellini, that's it. He would always. Change. John Mahoney is somebody different. He wasn't say anything. <laughs> but no, he would always change it when he went on on live from say, rehearsal. He's dead. Yeah, he's dead. <laughs> Which is why Stefan always cracked up. Yes. Because it was his first time reading it too. Yes. And he had to just go, go with, with it. it. Yeah. That's <laughs> so good. Yes. What's that actor's name? Jeez, I'm spacing. Uh, Bill Hader. Bill that Hader. One. Yeah. Thank you. I knew who it was. I just couldn't yeah. remember. One of my favorite cast members. He's of all good. Time. Question number one: What which, which musician holds the record for most appearances as a musical guest on the show? Laura. Paul Simon. We That's didn't. a good guess, actually. JL. Dave Grohl. Nicole. I also put Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl. Yay. We have not done a show on Paul Simon. Hey, but you know what? I was here for the Dave Grohl one. <laughs> Perfect. You were. I was. Question number two. Who was the first host of Weekend Update, JL? Chevy Chase. Nicole. Pass. Who's pass? <laughs> it means I didn't have an answer. You heard the question twice! I know! That doesn't mean I just came up with the name out of thin air. You could have. There's so many members. Yeah, you there's could... so many cast members. You could have said anybody. You could have said Kevin Nealon. You could have said Adam oh, Sandler. Oh, that's who I think I was thinking of. Dennis Miller. Yeah, but I wrote Norm MacDonald. Norm MacDonald. Dan Aykroyd and... Um... Jane Curtin. Yes! Sure. Um, Norm MacDonald actually did host Weekend Update. Not I the know. first one. It was Chevy Chase. I know Norm MacDonald hosted Weekend Update. What Long Island rock band was parodied in the infamous More Cowbell skit? The infamous skit. Nicole, which infamous skit? What was the band, the infamous band for the infamous skit? The infamous Pain in My Ass. Is that a band? Would it I like that hell. band? How do you not know this? I don't know. You don't know that one? Okay. No. JL? Blue Oyster Cult. Laura? I also wrote Blue Oyster Cult. Very good. Do you know why? Because I love that skit. That is a good skit. <laughs> Jocelyn even knows that skit. Who was the host that... Uh, Christopher Walken. There you go. Excellent. That I knew. He was there. And it was Will Ferrell that played the cowbell. Oh. He was the brother of the singer, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, they just put him in there. <laughs> Sat there the whole time playing the cowbell. I know you can't see me. I was playing my cowbell. Yeah, no one, I have no a cowbell at home. I get yelled at for using it because I'll just randomly walk around the house saying that we need more cowbell. You well, have that's a cowbell? The only way you I just do. say that? Yeah, I do. Yeah, that's the only way to cure a headache. That's how, why I always How big one. is your cowbell? It's a good size. That's the only way to cure a headache. Yes, he has a. Oh, no, it's a fever. It's a fever. fever. Okay. And the only that's cure right. is the cowbell. Cure is Question number four. Can you name an SNL cast member that cursed on air during live broadcast? Laura. Hang on a second. <laughs> I said Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler. JL. Jenny Slate. She was an SNL cast member? Yes. Yeah, for oh. like a brief hot minute. Okay. Nicole. I said Amy Poehler. But I know that Kristen Stewart cursed and when she was a guest host like last year or yeah, she cursed in her monologue, I think. She did. But she's not a cast member. I know. That's why I was making sure. So my answer was Amy Poehler. So, JL, you get the point. Good job. The other one was Charles Rocket. I don't even know those names. They both got fired. Jenny Slate is in Bob's Burgers. Oh, okay. And she's also in Parks and Rec. Money, please. She's so good. She's in, I think she's in that, um... New animated one on Netflix too, um, the one with oh, the, Big Mouth. Yeah, Big Mouth. She's in Big Mouth, That's and a she great was show. she was also in Venom. She's she's yep. getting around. Yeah, 
and she curses everywhere she goes. Yes. <laughs> Question number five. Which cast member has the longest tenure on the show, Laura? <laughs> it is not him. But What's who up did you with put? that? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's who I put too. <laughs> Just so we could be all like, ooh wee. Oh, what's up, what with, up with that? that? What, what up, up with that? that? <laughs> <laughs> that answer's wrong, Nicole. I said Alec Baldwin. He's not a cast member. A cast member. I don't know if he was a cast member and therefore is like back making appearances. That's why I was trying to ask the clarifying questions earlier, which I don't even think was on this audio. <laughs> Although you did say that they are still on the show, but not as a cast member. Did you, you just me? The correct answer is Daryl Hammond. I don't who is that? Daryl Hammond. Oh, I know who that is. He played uh, Clinton and a whole bunch of stuff. He's like the every man man. Like there's but every season there's are. always one guy that plays like all like regular guys. Like Beck Bennett yeah. is this everyone. Everyone. He's he was that yeah. guy for 14 years. Okay. And he played Bill Clinton. Okay. That's so what is he most, doing on the show now? He is the announcer. Oh, like saying like the credits? Yeah. Or okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, after, oh, he says the name? That's yeah. kind of misleading to say that he's still on the show. Well, he is technically That was my on hint, him. though. The four, He's 14 years as a cast member. That has nothing to do with being the announcer now. He has. He's the longest cast member, not counting the announcer. I'm giving you a hint, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it was a okay. clever hint. It was, it was an infamous hint. <laughs> All right, and now the answer to Toph's question. Don't you have to ask us ours? You're what? Answers. Oh, yeah. That would probably help because yeah. then if you got the answer, that's what you I could put. cheat. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> All right, JL, you f- you're first. George Carlin and Elvis Costello. Nicole? I have no idea. I just know Candace Bergen is one of the first couple of episodes because I always see season one on Hulu and I know she's right there. Okay. Laura? I put the first person to host SNL. That's your answer? That's, a, the answer. that's a good yes. loophole. <laughs> no matter what, I'm right. Technically, you're right, yes. but you're also technically wrong. No, but I'm totally right. <laughs> All right, here's the answer. Tove, tell us the answer. The first host of the very first episode of Saturday Night Live was legendary comedian George Carlin. And the first musical guest was Janice Ian singing her uh, hit at the time, 17. Uh, interesting side note. George Carlin's uh, monologue, even though he was a very funny guy, a legendary comedian, his monologue, not funny. However, Janice Ian, terrific. See you guys later. There you go. You got it half right, Jail. All right. Janice Ian. I think he cheated. Why? I don't know. I always think it was Buck Henry. For some reason, Buck Henry stands out in my mind as the first host, but... Who's Buck Henry? Uh, like a comedian of the time... Like a sketch comedy guy. Oh, see, my other one I was thinking was Steve Martin. Steve Martin's up there. Candace Bergen was, I think, on the first season, too, so... Yeah, it's one of the first two or three episodes, because when they have, like, little choose from these episodes in season one, like, her face is right there. Oh. And that makes you not pick it? Because I know she wasn't the first. I know she was, like, second, third, or fourth. No, I meant to watch. Oh. Because her face is right there, and you're just like... (laughs) No. Scared. All right. Well, let's get into it. 
All right, everybody. So Lauren Michaels is the producer, most notably for no, no most notably noted for this. <laughs> uh, starting off strong, I love this. Can you most, can you take that from the top? Could I? Could yes. somebody? Lauren Do you Michaels. Do not proofread these before you start no. reading. Lauren Michaels is the producer, most notably known. For noted. Saturday. It says noted. I'm not saying notably noted. I want, do you want me to start again? Yeah. How many times are we going to do this? Okay. Uh, take out noted and put in infamous. <laughs> for Saturday Night Live. In 1975, he cre- co-created the show with Dick Ebersol. 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 The show featured many up-and-coming comedians and was widely considered a landmark in American television. Lauren remembers... I mostly created it, and Dick sort of created it. To be honest, Dick really just got everyone coffee. That's not true. I remember I mostly created it, and you, Lauren, just sort of came up with the name based on what day it aired. Not really that original of a thought process, you know? Well, I had one of seven choices in mind to name the program. It was a hard decision. Lauren Michaels was born Lauren Michaels Lipowitz. Lauren Lipowitz earned a BA from the University of Toronto in 1966 and became involved with the underground film scene soon after, running the new cinema club at Cine City, not to be confused with Sin City, which is an entirely different thing altogether. That's Thank true. You. Uh, yeah, well, it is. I've I seen just the movie. clarified that. That's most notably noted as being true. <laughs> Is that the only true fact in this whole thing? No. Oh, okay. This is full of truth. <laughs> okay. It's notably noted to have truth in yes. it. Yes. Maybe not all the conversations are notably noted as truths. But Maybe my glaring looks at you are not notably noted. But the but script is notably noted as truth. Especially the notably noted parts that Nicole reads. Yes. Cinecity was an independent theater. Before that, Michael's closest connection to show business came through his grandparents, who owned a movie theater. He idolized comic greats like Sid Caesar, but says his comedic aspirations were regulated, relegated mostly to youthful shenanigans. Ah, uh, yes. I was a youthful shenaniganator. <laughs> I liked making my friends laugh and did sketches for a talent show in 10th grade but I don't think I thought about a comedy career. I actually wanted to direct The Graduate, but someone else directed The Graduate, so it would be weird if I directed The Graduate with them. In 1964, Lauren Lipowitz began performing comedy on stage with his friend Hart Pomerantz. Hart says, We wrote and performed sketches for CBC Radio's The Russ Thompson Show. Oh my God. He sounds like a 1940s guy in my mind. Yeah, but this is the 60s, so let's let's update it a little bit. Oh, I should update the voice to the 60s? Yeah. Lauren and I, <laughs> man, we're invited down to Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> To write for the beautiful oh my God. Phyllis Diller show. Ah, it got canceled. So then we wrote for the ugly Phyllis Diller show. And man, it got canceled too. We were going to pitch the network a new show called She is Not a 10, but I would still do her Phyllis Diller show. Oh my God. Yeah, this is all notably noted as true. Yes, totally true. Everybody, all true. 
sorry. I just had to show Phyllis my dill. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was the second show we were going to do. But then we got hired to write for Rowan and Martin's Laugh-In. That was such a big break that I dropped the name Lipowitz and just went by Lorne Michaels. And I stayed with the name man Hart Pomeranitz, which is why no one knows who I am to this day. Michaels and Pomerantz developed a comedy sketch series for CBC TV called The Hart and Lauren Terrific Hour, which ran from 1970 to 1971. Okay, we're in the 70s now. Can you update it again? No, I, isn't it the same? Yeah, no. it is. There's yeah, just a little disco in there. Oh, no, I yeah. remember that 70s show, and I'm pretty sure it's the same. The yeah. 60s mm-hmm. actually lasted like the end of the 60s through the beginning of the 70s. Okay. Yeah, the That's 80s fine. ended that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Math God. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. I really thought I'd be the first generation of Canadians to stay in Canada. Okay. But they're never comfortable with you saying so. They liken it to, if you're so good, why are you here? That's when I decided to head back to the U.S., where I would eventually become one of the most powerful producers in all of the universe. But before SNL became the cutting-edge late-night comedy of the last 40 or so years, NBC used to play reruns of The Tonight Show, hosted by comedian Johnny Carson under the moniker... Is it moniker? Moniker. Moniker. Like monocle, but okay. with a moniker. I believe it's pronounced infamous. I think it's monkier. That's what it looks like. <laughs> <Yeah>. under the- <laughs> I like Laura's way of saying it. Under the moniker, the Monkier. Saturday Sunday Tonight Show, which played on, you guessed it, either Saturday or Sunday, depending on the local affiliate's preferences. I uh, got tired of working seven days a week and requested that uh, NBC move uh, the Saturday-Sunday show to weeknights so I could enjoy some more time off. You know, spend some quality time with the wife, <laughs> if you know what I mean. If I don't, I might end up in a divorce court. Ha. ha. NBC. Like, <laughs> like seven times. Ha. <laughs> 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 Thank you, Ed. NBC president Herb Schlosser turned to Dick Ebersoll. (laughs) (laughs) Monkier. Dick Monkier. Ebersoll and Lauren Michaels to come up with a show for the time slot. We borrowed ideas from the format of a British television program called That Was the Week That Was. It was hosted by David Frost. We also looked at National Lampoon Magazine and the National Lampoon Radio Hour for their sense of comedic timing. Ebersol and I convinced the idea of a variety show built around political satire and comedy sketches based on what-if topics complemented by musical performances directed at youthful young adults. Saturday night looked to give comedians entry into living rooms across the nation, oftentimes before those comedians had actually achieved the true potential of their greatness. These not-yet-great comedians were often referred to as the not-ready-for-prime-time players, and over its many years, SNL has boasted an ensemble of 151 such players. Ebersol says... We got a lot of our original cast from Los Angeles improvisational group The Groundlings, including... Dan Aykroyd, John Belushi, Chevy Chase, who coincidentally hosted the first weekend update. No way. Not Norm MacDonald, 
Jane Curtin, Garrett Morris, Lorraine Newman, and Gilda Radner, who we're not doing any voices for, even though Laura wants us to. (laughs) (laughs) For each episode, we would feature the show's regular cast, as well as have a guest host and a musical guest. The show would start with a skit that would end with the signature phrase, I've got spaghetti in my pants, and I don't care. That's how they... I changed it to live from New York. It's Saturday night because I thought that sounded better. I agree. I like having spaghetti in my pants. I know. It's something we need to talk about. (laughs) Makes my meatballs seem larger. Oh, my God. The show was filmed before a studio audience and broadcasted live. This gave the show its edge and had led to many memorable moments as well as a few controversies. It became an instant cult hit immediately following its debut. But NBC bigwigs weren't all that thrilled with the Nielsen ratings. We love Cabernet, but we are not thrilled with these ratings. (laughs) It's doing poorly in the toddler to grade school kid market. Saturday night, what are they doing watching it? Drinking Cabernet. The toddlers are drinking Cabernet? No, the moms. Okay. <laughs> I always have a nice Cabernet when I'm watching the show. Cabernet. I am thinking this is me. Lauren Michaels argued that the Nielsen statistics <laughs> conveyed the show had drawn the faithful viewership of the baby boomer demographic. Michaels and- argued that the Nielsen statistics. <laughs> <laughs> That's a typo. And those people hardly watched any TV. Hmm. We're going to remain skeptical. Oh, indeed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they had hoped to draw Generation X viewers, if only for the purposes of sponsors and advertisements. The baby boomer crowd, while certainly larger than the Gen Xers, watched far less TV and were therefore less desirable to advertisers. What? Oh, it's just this beer. Yeah. You'll know later. It's really gross. It's too early for the review. (laughs) Not Cabernet. (laughs) I could go for a nice Cabernet right now. The big long pause is you, Laura. Oh, is it me? (laughs) (laughs) For now, Michaels, we are going to allow you to continue despite us getting a plethora of phone calls from viewers who are offended by some sketch, some sketch or other, and the fact that we really have nothing else planned for that time slot except old monster movie films from the 1940s. Weekend Update, the longest-running sketch on the show, debuted with comedian Chevy Chase. Chase would provide satirical comedy uh, commentary about current news while posing as a news anchor for a fictional news network. Recently, Chase claimed... Well, Weekend Update sketch laid the groundwork for Jon Stewart's re-envisioning a Comedy Central's The Daily Show... And Stephen Colbert's Colbert Report, I really deserve credit for the success of those two shows. And did I mention I'm not working much lately and available for movies, TV shows, and bar mitzvahs? The Weekend Update segment is no stranger to controversy. Back in 1976, the segment earned the anger of viewers and censors when it parodied actress Claudine Longet. Longet? I don't know. Sure. Accidentally, quote, quote, shooting and killing skiers and causing them to wipe out. Longet's lawyers submitted a cease and desist request to Lorne Michaels, and the show issued an apology the following week. The crust 
crust was that Longuette was convicted of negligent homicide regarding the death of her boyfriend, Olympic skier Vladimir Sabic. Uh, hello. Hello. I'm Hermano Traverius, Vice President of Standards and Practices at this time. And yes, <clears throat> my real name is Hermano. I once had issue with cast member Lorraine Newman for saying, pissed off. What young lady utters the words pissed off on TV or an everyday conversation? It's scandalous. I tell you, a young, decent woman should only say tinkle, tinkle when referring to such actions. I was going to stop the live format of the show and add several second delay until Newman apologized to me and all creatures that piss. You know, I'm going to sidetrack here. I don't know if anybody else has watched The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel on Amazon. but No, I'm too busy watching Saturday Night Live. It's amazing. Did I sound like The Marvelous Mrs. No, Maisel? No, but what they said reminded me of something that happened in the show. So she's a female comedian in the 1950s, and she's on stage doing a routine, and the owner of the club comes up and like says, okay, like that was it. Thank you very much. Like rips her off stage. Mm. He's like, you can't talk about that stuff on stage. Like, because she was talking about women being pregnant and vaginas and everything like that. And she used the, she used the term coin purse. And Can you not say vagina? Uh, no. Well, she said, Great, like, there's the what's e. like, you kind of like, you said it softly. Like, <laughs> well, I don't know. Like if, it was like a very, but anyway, so she's like, what? So what can I say? I can't say coin purse or whatever it is. And he's like, no, you can't talk about being pregnant. People don't want to think about women being pregnant. And she's like, um. What? But, but it's everyone gets pregnant. And tonight's show is sponsored by Amazon Prime. Yay. Amazon Prime. Good. Can you give me a discount on my guest bedroom Watch us, mattress? please. And vagina. <laughs> Michaels wrote for the show in addition to serving as its executive producer from 1975 to 1980 and 1985 to the present. For the years of SNL 80 through 85, Lauren Michaels cited burnout as the reason behind his desire to take a year off and had been led to believe by NBC executives that the show would go on hiatus with him and be ready to start fresh upon his return. We lied. It really had more to do with Al Franken dissing the head of NBC, Fred Silverman, and calling him a taxi snob. Shame, shame. Michaels learned from associate producer Gene... I know we went over this before the show started. Domanian. Domanian. <laughs> Domanian. I, didn't, I know. I forgot how to say it, too. Oh, crap. Chris forgot to plug in the sound thing again. No, he didn't. No, it's Don't there. Say I that. just want you to know I would quit at this very moment. I would just walk out. I would I be done. I, you just made me have a heart attack. <laughs> Michael's learned from associate producer Gene Domanian that the show would go on with or without him. Domanian says... I choose a replacement, and that replacement was me. And even though this angered the entire cast and crew and they all quit, I didn't let that stop me. I hired all new writers and actors, including Denny Dillon, Gail Mathias, and Yvonne Hudson. You know, really, really big famous names. You can almost say they were infamous. (laughs) (laughs) Some (laughs) unspoken... Some untalented people like Jim Carrey and John Goodman and Paul Rubens tried to audition, but ew, I was not looking. Oh, no, wait. I was looking for the cream of the crop. (laughs) 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 Oh. And I was also looking for a black cast member. So I hired the amazing and famous Charlie Barnett, but was peer pressured into hiring someone I knew would not last long in the business nor be beloved icon in SNL, nor make tons of movies, especially ones where he's a donkey. 
Stupid No Name, Eddie Murphy. From the start of the season, the show was plagued by problems and deemed a flop by Chris... Floop? Deemed a floop? Yeah, deemed a floop. Uh, yeah, that's, that's what it was called in the 80s. Yeah, in the 80s, they were floops. <laughs> they didn't become God. flops until the 90s. Oh yeah, but way to floop that line, Nicole. No, fl- just keep <laughs> flooping away. <Yep. laughs> wow, flooping this whole show away. <laughs> Feel free to floop in at any time now, Nicole. Ugh. And this is going to be my last episode on the show, everyone. <laughs> uh, the show was played by problems and deemed a floop. by critics and viewers alike the show was losing its audience while another show from abc called fridays was getting critical acclaim and was gaining popularity the show fridays aired on friday just only one day ahead of saturday night live two other shows were being developed called thursdays to air on sunday nights and sundays to air on wednesday nights that's such a floop in the schedule we had to step in and get rid of the other lady. <laughs> Dominion. Because one, her name is hard to say. <laughs> Thank you. And two, someone said fuck on air. There's and the E. Three, yep. the show sucked. We kept Eddie Murphy and Joe Piscopo. Piscopo. Piscopo we don't know why. they did a great Ebony and Ivory parody. If you let me finish my sentence, you would know why. Everything else was crap. Wow, he did one skit. No, he did more than one skit. That may have been a little tweaking of the history. Some would say that after Joe Piscopo left Saturday Night Live, he would be considered a floop. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he did like one movie and it was bad. Yeah. But had Michael Keaton in it. Yeah, Johnny Dangerously. (laughs) Michael Keaton went on to be the vulture. Yes, he did. Beetlejuice. And Beetlejuice. And Beetlejuice. And Batman. And uh, mostly Beetlejuice. And clones mm-hmm. of himself. Oh, that's a good movie. <clears throat> what is that? Multi- multi- multiplicity. multiplicity. Yeah. Michaels had also it was produced a floop at the theater, so. other television programs, including the talk shows Late Night with Conan O'Brien, Late Night with Jimmy Fallon, The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon, The Late Night Tonight Show, and Tonight, 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 Late Tonight Talk Show <laughs> at Night. He also produced. I think that one was made up. <laughs> Actually, it wasn't. I think so. Craig Ferguson hosted it for a while. No, the Tonight, 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 Late Night talk show yeah. tonight. <laughs> no. Jesus. He also produced the TV series of 30 Rock and Portlandia. His film producing credits include Wayne's World, Tommy Boy, Mean Girls, Baby Mama, and Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. Those- Only three of those movies were good. Uh, three and of those Wednesdays movies we also were working with Tina Fey, which makes it not as surprising that he did them. Which three? The Baby last Mama, Mean Girls, and Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. You didn't like Wayne's World? I love Wayne's World. He was not. Yeah, that's what I was asking. Which three were good? Wayne's, Wayne's World, World, Tommy Boy, and Mean, mean Girls. girls. <laughs> okay. I watched Whiskey Tango Foxtrot and like I was I lost interest. I did not finish the movie because I didn't care for it. I, I didn't, didn't see that. I've done that. Seen it. I didn't care times. about Baby Mama. It was a floop. Baby Mama was kind of funny. Eh. It, was fu- it was a fluff movie. It was a, it was a floop it was a movie. Floop? It was a f- <laughs> fluff floop movie. It was a fluff movie. 
I like to use former SNL comedians in my projects, so that way I don't have to go through the tedious process of auditioning nobodies from YouTube. The recipient of numerous Emmy Awards, Michaels was also awarded the Mark Twain Prize for American Humor, the Presidential Medal of Freedom, and the Chipotle Free Burrito for Life Award. I Yay, want that one. Chipotle. After the 1979-80 season, Michaels left SNL. I decided to produce TV specials for Steve Martin and Simon and Garfunkel. Those were two different specials, by the way. Steve Martin performing with Simon and Garfunkel would be seriously weird. During his hiatus, Michael started Broadway video, producing such shows as The Kids in the Hall. He also created another sketch show called The New Show. I was going to call it The Old Show. But the network thought it would only attract an audience of people 55 years and up. While Kids in the Hall is admittedly also a sketch comedy show, it is different. One, it's not live. And two, it's extremely Canadian. Extremely. (laughs) Because right now, I'm crushing your head. No! (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. It received good reviews. No one could see that. But no one that was see pretty that. funny. <laughs> Nobody wanted to see that. I, I saw it. And I don't it was know. very Canadian. Yes. Can I unsee it now? No. No. It will haunt you forever. It received good reviews, but was a failure in the ratings, and it was canceled after two months. Lorne Michaels also appeared in an HBO mockumentary titled The Canadian Conspiracy about the supposed subversion of the United States by Canadian-born media personalities. With Lauren Green as the leader of the conspiracy, Michaels was identified as the anointed successor to Green. In 1985, he returned to SNL with much joy and the ratings started coming back. By the way, don't forget, I also produced Three Amigos... Coneheads, Superstar, McGruber, and A Night at the Roxbury. Okay, so forget about four out of those five, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Michaels has won numerous Emmy Awards, many for SNL alone. In 1999, he was inducted into the American Television Academy Hall of Fame. In 2002, he was made a member of the Order of Canada. Oh, is that like Stormtroopers? Yes. <laughs> no, it's like Order of Except the Phoenix. Except for Mounties. <laughs> and he was given a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. In 2003, he entered Canada's Walk of Fame. And in 2004, he was awarded the Mark Twain Prize for American Humor by the John F. Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts. He is the first Canadian to earn this honor. Lauren Michaels has received the Golden Jubilee Medal and the Governor General's Award for Lifetime Artistic Achievement and an honorary degree from Ryerson University for his contribution to the television industry. One of the most impressive things about the show is their work week. Monday is what we call the pitch meeting. The writers, performers, and the week's hosts, all accompanied by Lauren Michaels, brainstorm ideas for the upcoming Saturday show. The process has been described by many consisting of 50% bullcrap and 50% great ideas. These brainstorm like this me- show. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> These brainstorm meetings have taken place in Michael's office ever since the show first premiered. The meetings used to include 12 participants, but nowadays that number is closer to 30. Sure. There are larger rooms we could use. It says they are larger rooms. Um, Don't misquote me. <laughs> yes. It says... 
There are larger doing... rooms we could use, <laughs> but I good. love my traditions. <laughs> Hi, I'm a writer for the show, and we have 24 hours to write and deliver our finished sketch. So why are you talking right now? The bulk of the writing <laughs> happens overnight on Tuesday. It's Monday. <laughs> um, that's right. And while pitch most, me something. Listen, <laughs> while most of our friends and family are enjoying tacos and margaritas, I'm writing into Wednesday morning. Of the roughly fifty sketches presented, about only nine will make it to the show. This skit will not. <laughs> the producers meeting comes next this is where they determine the read order of the sketches presented and then 3 p.m wednesday is the table read this is complete with theme music if the sketch requires it and then there were times in the past especially during the adam sandler david spade rob schneider area error when writers and cast often wouldn't laugh at sketches for fear <laughs> of someone else being Picked over, being picked over for theirs. Today, the show is more supportive of a team environment, mostly due to the fact that we are told we have to be. Can you imagine being a cast member during that when those three were on? That would be be tough. Yeah. I mean, they dominated. Yeah, for two out of the three. Rob Schneider was funny on Saturday Night Live. I don't know what yeah, happened hold to on, him hold afterwards. On. The Chris Man, Chris Amundo, the Chris Meister. He has some good stuff. Chrisomania. And Farley was in there, too. He was around that time, too. So that would be tough as well. Yeah. After the table read, the producers, head writer, Lauren Michaels, and the host pick the best sketches and put the show together. Thursday and Friday is when rehearsals and set building happen. The bulk of the work of creating an episode, from rehearsing sketches to building sets and putting together costumes, doesn't really begin until Thursday. Set design starts a bit earlier on Wednesday night. One key player is costume dresser Donna Richards, who not only handles the host wardrobe for the week, but literally leads them around the studio by the hand during the show to ensure they're exactly where they need to be at every moment. Right. Saturday, dress rehearsal in the morning, maybe afternoon, then showtime at night. The 90 minutes between Saturday's 8 p.m. dress rehearsal before a studio audience and the 11.30 live show is when Michaels, along with his top producers and head writers, decide which sketches to air, rewrite, or cut. While Michaels relies on dress rehearsal to shape the televised broadcasts, sometimes things will get a huge laugh at dress rehearsal and not get a laugh on air, or vice versa. You never know what's going to work when it goes live. The show's changing ensemble has been the launching pad for countless performers who have become major television and motion picture stars. A few people who have come to owe their li- uh, careers to Saturday Live include Bill Murray, Al Franken, Eddie Murphy, Julia Louis, Lu- Lu- Julia Louis Dreyfus, Robert Downey Jr., Dennis Miller, Dana Carvey, Phil Hartman. Chris Rock, David Spade, Chris Farley, Sarah Silverman, Mike Myers, Adam Sandler, Will Ferrell, Jimmy Fallon, Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, Andy Samberg, and Kristen Wiig. The anchor chair of Weekend Update has been notably occupied by Chevy Chase, Jane Curtin, Dennis Miller, Norm MacDonald, and Tina Fey. What about Seth Meyers? He was, yeah. he was on it for a while. He got hey, his own show based off of it. He Steph on to me. I'm just saying. Yeah, well, okay. You just added him. That's fine. <laughs> but what about Kevin Nealon? Yeah, what about Kevin Nealon? Yeah, what about him? I like Kevin Nealon. What about the two guys that are on it now? Um, Michael Che and Colin Jost? They do an okay job. They're not my favorite. 
Dennis Miller was my I favorite. I think the two of them have a good rapport with one another, which is nice. I yeah. like Colin Jost. I think he's beautiful. That's that, the only that reason the, you like him. No, no he's, he's dating he's Scarlett funny. Johansson. I know he's dating Scarlett Johansson. They met on the show. Did they? Yes, I like Stefan. I like Stefan. I think he should just host Weekend Update. <laughs> I'm just really excited that Laura recorded wearing her red hooded sweatshirt. Sweatshirt? Sweatshirt. Swep? My sweatshirt. Sweatshirt. Is this red though? I think it's pink. Yes. It's close enough. It's, it's fuchsia. Close enough. I think it's fuchsia. All right, Nicole, take us home. Sorry. There have been a number of memorable performers who have long been associated with SNL as guest hosts, such as Steve Martin, Paul Simon, John Goodman, Christopher Walken, and Alec Baldwin. The show has also featured some of the biggest names in the music industry, such as Elvis Costello, Nirvana, The Rolling Stones, Garth Brooks, Radiohead, Run DMC, U2, Britney Spears, Beyonce, Taylor Swift, and Kanye West, whose last spot on the show was probably his last after stirring up way more controversy. But SNL and controversy are practically married after 40 years of being together. And that is our version of Saturday Night Live. Very nice. Now, there's a lot of history, so we could probably do a part two at some point in the future. Oh, boy. Because you're like, oh, what about this and what about that? Because 40 that, years, there's a lot. Can what we, up with that? Lot. Can we do a what show on just that? Stefan? No. Yeah, we can do a show on just and Stefan. And what's up with that? <laughs> what's up with that? <laughs> who gets to be Lindsay Buckingham? I just want to do the running man in the background. And oh, that's suit. who I wanted to be. No, what about Debbie Downer? Wah, Debbie Downer is great. <laughs> of course you think that. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> My favorite Debbie Downer was the one about Disney World. Yes. With Lindsay Lohan. It was that great. It was great. <laughs> I actually liked the cast that had Rich Hall and Dana Carvey and... Um, I like the church uh, lady. Christopher Guest in it. That was my favorite seasons. The church lady was Billy awesome. Crystal was in there. Was he a cast member? Yeah. You look marvelous. Oh, you didn't know? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know, I'm going to make sure I say at least one thing a show so you can say that to me. Uh, I could have said it at least three times during this show and I held back each time. Well, you should have. That's your phrase now. I know. Well, let's do our fishbowl facts. We have an actual fishbowl with some random SNL facts in it. We're going to pick them out one by one and read them to you now. Starting with Nicole. All right. The name Saturday Night Live was actually being used by a rival and disastrously terrible program on ABC. Saturday Night Live with Howard Cosell. Fishbowl facts. Can you do a Howard Cosell? I haven't watched Better Off Dead in a while. Yeah, I can't think of it. And how the mighty have fallen. That's not bad. This is Howard Cosell, and this is Wide World of Sports. Nobody young knows who that is. Nope. Go watch Better Off Dead. Great movie. Awesome. Best Howard Cosell ever. Chevy Chase was originally hired as a writer, a job that came with a one-year contract which is how Chase got around having to sign a performer contract and also why he was able to leave the show just a few episodes into the second season. And he broke Lauren's heart. Oh. What has he done since? In 2001, Farrell became the show's highest-paid cast member ever when he signed a contract for 350000 per season. Wow. You might know him as Law and Order franchises series jumping Sergeant John Munch, but Richard Belzer got his start as a stand-up comedian. Belzer was SNL's warm-up comic in its first season. 
In the show's first season, cast members earned $750 per week. That figure rose to $2,000 in season two and $4,000 by season four. And I'm sure it's way more now. Even higher if you were Will Ferrell. (laughs) (laughs) Don Pardo, the show's longtime announcer, was supposed to say, not ready for primetime players. Instead, he mixed up a few words, calling them the not for ready primetime players. (laughs) Your turn. My turn? Yep. Your turn. It's a circle. Okay. Well, it could be a... a no. Trapezoid. Whatever. But it's not. <laughs> Common core. Jim Carrey auditioned twice and was rejected twice. Alrighty then. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. that. Not that I'm a big Jim Carrey fan, but I cannot see him making that show. That's okay. Fire Marshal Dan was pretty cool. Fire Marshal Bill. Oh, that was Bill. I yeah, can't think of yeah. his name. Fire so Marshal. I think him out in Living Color was better than anything else. That was really... Yeah. That was perfect for him. It fit his humor, his type of character. Yeah. He would not have worked well on SNL. No, you don't think so? No, I don't think he would have worked well. I think he would have had a few memorable things, but he wouldn't be one of those cast members like the Sandler, the Murray. Yeah. He might have you know. alienated a bunch of cast members, I have a That's feeling. That's it. Gilda Radner was the first cast member Lauren Michaels hired. And yet we had no voices for Gilda <laughs> Radner. All right, do Gilda Radner. I'm not doing it. Rosanna Zanadana. You told me not to. We're not doing Gilda Radner. <clears throat> That's all I can remember of Gilda Radner. Rosanna Zanadana. So I personally never really watched SNL. I've gotten more into it in the past couple of years because I've just been more aware of what's happening and they are playing off of a lot of stuff that's happening nowadays, and that had piqued my interest, and now I make sure to watch every week. Um, so I, I that's why I don't really recognize a lot of this older stuff from SNL, and I've seen You some mean anything of, pre-2015? I, basically, I've seen a couple of the <laughs> iconic sketches, but I didn't really watch it back then. Now, right. And I have gone back to, like see if there was a guest host from earlier seasons that I know and I enjoy, so I would go back and watch that episode. You can but. skip all the seasons that Lauren Michael was not the producer. Okay. Just it, watch... That almost, the show almost got canceled. Yes. Just watch the best of Celebrity Jeopardy. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Celebrity Jeopardy is great. Yeah. Uh, I also... Uh, yeah. And you yes. know who they forget about in Celebrity Jeopardy? Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds, Reynolds was the best. Was great. Until Sean Connery came and so, uh, overshadowed him. I want to be called Turd Ferguson and give me one of those uh, big, uh, you know, foam cowboy hats. <laughs> I'm wearing a big hat because it's wearing, funny. Here, look at that. Well, no, you know uh, what I actually like was the, the Black Jeopardy sketch where Keenan Thompson is the host. And uh, the most, because they've done it a couple. Tom Hanks. They've done a couple of them so far, but Tom Hanks's one is just, just amazing. Mm. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, go watch it. I'm not going to yeah, talk about funny. it now. They're also starting to do um, the sketches that get taken out during dress rehearsal. They're, yeah, they're starting to post them on YouTube. I have seen that. Yeah, yeah cut so for that's time. Pretty cool. Well, we got some phone calls mm-hmm. uh, for SNL. So let's get to those. The first one is from Toe from Gravity Beard. Again? Again. So. Is this uh, another pop quiz? No, this no, is uh, please his. Please don't, because I didn't know his question. <laughs> no, this is his thoughts this on is... Saturday Night Live. Hey, guys. This is the Toe from the Gravity Beard podcast. First things first, sincere and big welcome to the Podfix Network. We've been interacting together for a while now, both in your group and mine. 
and now we're in the same network, and that's really, really exciting, and I couldn't be more happy about it. Now, on to the topic of your current show. And I think I could say this on every single episode that you guys have ever done. You guys pick great topics, and I always wish that I was in the room and recording the episode with you, because I always have so many thoughts and so many things to say about it. And this episode is no exception. Saturday Night Live. What a great conversation. I almost never, I don't think I've ever heard anybody, it just doesn't seem like it's talked about much in the podcasting world on anybody's pop culture shows. But it's been around for, I get what, over 40, 40 years, 40 or 45 years. Um, it, it clearly it's a huge part of American pop culture. Uh, it always has been, mainly because it's always using things that are going on in the news that are, that are relevant as its source material. But it's still fantastic, and it has been for you know most of its run. But I, so a couple of things. One, I think my favorite cast member of all time is Phil Hartman. Every time I think about him being gone and not being an entertainer, being in entertainment, and just being gone, obviously completely, I just get sad. I guess, and you know, Chris Farley and some others, John Candy, but Phil Hartman, I, I miss terribly, and he's my favorite. Even though there were so many other really good ones. But then I also have something controversial to bring up, and that is, even though Saturday Night Live is clearly great, is it possible that it's overrated? Because on one hand, some of the stuff that they've done in every era of the show, no matter what year it is, has been fantastic, it's been hilarious, it's been groundbreaking. I think what they try to do every week and crank out 90 minutes of live entertainment every single week uh, is uh, daunting and amazing that they pull, they pull it off every single week live. You know, the, the guests, guest hosts and the musical acts are among the most famous people in all of entertainment. But at the same time, even though they've got lots of legendary skits that no one will ever forget, it's kind of, it's a small percentage of the total whole. I, I think, I think they, they work off the volume game where they just crank out tons and tons of skits. But usually per 90 minutes, there's only two or three that are really that great. Even though I love the show, I have mad respect for everybody that's ever been involved in it. I'd love to hear you guys discuss that. Is it possible, I know this is crazy, that it might, at some level, no matter how great it is, might it be maybe on, in some way overrated? In any case, everything else that I said great about it is still true. Uh, love your show. So glad you guys are part of the network. We'll talk to you later. Thanks. So I can understand what he's saying at the end there about it being overrated at times because as the comment you made earlier you know don't go to sleep after weekend update like there are times when the sketches just don't land and you want them to land um well there's definitely a formula they put all their best stuff out front because they know people are tuning out yeah because they know that the weekend update is a lot of what people it's been on the show since the very beginning that they want that to be what people wait in to, to see but I, I I just don't know. I, I, I kind of feel like maybe I want to know in the writer's room, do they go back and they say like, this sketch didn't make it this week, but maybe we could save it for another time. Do they revisit yes. old pitches when they don't when they have a week that doesn't have a lot of good yes, stuff? Or they do, do they just toss it they out? They do go back because there's several SNL documentaries and I highly recommend watching them because they actually go through the week mm-hmm. and it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing what they pull off. I don't, I think overrated isn't the right word because they do have their peaks and valleys. Mm -hmm. 
and sometimes a show will be just killer and it will have more than just one or two even though you know we all listed all of our likes our Mm -hmm. favorite skits and our favorite people um but uh, nobody's doing what they're doing anymore this used to be the way tv was done and they're the only ones who's really doing it this way you know besides the news but who wants to watch the news huey lewis (laughs) true he wants a new drug though i don't watch the news i listen to podcasts yeah i listen to podcasts mostly my news so I, I get what he's saying, but I don't know if overrated is the correct word. Um, I just go through my, my love-hate relationship with it. Like some seasons, I want to watch it every Saturday night. And then there's mm-hmm. some seasons where I'll watch the first one and I'm like, mm, I'm okay this season. <laughs> and I want to watch it. Yeah. See, I'm a diehard. I'll, I'll, I'll stick with it no matter what. Yeah. You got to see what's going to happen. Yeah. You might miss something. The, my only criticism of Saturday Night Live is that uh, oftentimes they don't know how to end a skit. That's mm-hmm. a big problem with them. They have yeah. a great concept and then it's like... It'll trail on for longer than what it should. Yeah. Well, and and then they'll do a jig out the door. Well, well I did see <laughs> one of those. No, that was, that was Ashley Simpson. That yes. wasn't the cast members. <laughs> yes. That was Ashley Simpson. She I, really didn't know how to leave on that one. No, no, I wouldn't have known either, but I would like, never have attempted that. She was like, this is the worst that. skit ever. <laughs> That's it most afraid anybody's ever been on stage since Millie Vanilli. <laughs> so for those who don't know what happened, what happened? Um, well, she was lip syncing and the track messed up and she yes. they played herself the same, off the stage. They played her first song yeah. again for her second song. Yeah. Yikes. Uh, I mean, I have watched one of those behind the scenes, like this is how it works kind of things. Yeah. And they she did said, you know, sing it the second time during <laughs> during the show, they're seeing how long it's taking because they have to abide by the commercial breaks. Right. And if a couple of the first ones go too long because of laughs and everything and they have to push commercial breaks and they have a schedule, so they have to cut stuff and they are literally during the live show, rewriting sketches and cutting out lines and changing things here and there. So that could be why, especially towards the second half of the show after Weekend Update, stuff feels like it's just ending or it's not fitting properly because Which is probably why they, have the pre, they have the pre-produced <laughs> ones and those can't be changed. You can't right. change one that is like a pre-produced music video or... Dick in a box. Or, yeah, but first I cut a hole anything in the box. that's live, they no, can step chop one, you up find and a box. change yeah. for time Step needs. two, you yeah. cut a hole, hole in the box. box. So I know what Toph was saying, and he did say he had mad respect the for box. the show. Mm-hmm. But step four. It's an interesting <laughs> question. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, next caller, we have Sebastian from New York. Hey, I'm calling in to give you guys uh, my favorite SNL uh, skits, moments, times, whatever. This is Sebastian from New York. So... I would say my favorite SNL, by the way, I've been watching the show since I was a kid on the couch with my mom, nine years old. Um, and I got to say my favorite skits would have to be more cowbell because, you know, Christopher Walken got it going on. Hilarious. Uh, Justin Timberlake as the uh, store mascot. He did that a couple years running. Hilarious. And just overall, man, like SNL is a show highly underrated for sketch comedy. People need to really get uh, their heads out of the you-know-what and get hit to SNL because it's the kind of show, I mean, what is it, 42 seasons running? Never going to die. Sketch comedy rules. And um, I would say my favorite host of all time, 
I'm gonna have to go favorite host all time. Yeah, probably Justin Timberlake, man. That guy's hilarious all around, nonstop. Anyway, uh, love you guys. Take it easy. I always thought it'd be cool to get all the greatest hosts and have them like run the show one night. Like have Tom Hanks. Justin Timberlake, Alec Baldwin, Christopher Steve Walken. Martin, Christopher Walken. Don't have the regular cast. Just have those guys yeah. and have them do the, do the entire show. That would be great. That'd be good. That'd be awesome. But it would also be like one of the- You're like, welcome for that Where am idea. I supposed to look right now? Everything is happening all at once. This is so overwhelming, but I guess they're all amazing actors and they would figure it out where it would be good. But yeah. I would just be- very starstruck watching that episode. Justin Timberlake uh, fit in so well. We're like, is he going to become a cast member? And then he just kind of stopped doing it after a while. But I think he focused on his music a lot. But he is part of the Five Timers Club. Yeah. Probably. Jonah Hill is part of the Five Timers Club. And his induction, Ugh. which was just recently, was really funny because they had all the female Five Timers Club people mm-hmm. come in. And he's like, you know, like, where are all the guys? And they're like... Well, you know, this is a very difficult time in Hollywood right now, so we just thought it was best to not invite any. Didn't you tell the story on the last episode? I don't we know. Did? Maybe did I? Yeah, you I tell a lot did. of stories. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember. But that's cool because I didn't know he was we in drink Five a lot Timers. Of beer. Mm-hmm. All right, next up is Sammy. Hi guys, this is Sammy, Nicole's best friend from New York. Um, you guys are talking about SNL, which is one of my favorite shows, so I wanted to call and give my thoughts about it. Um, to start off, I really didn't watch SNL too much uh, growing up. I kind of got more into it when my husband, uh, when I met my husband, and we watched it every Saturday. And since then, you know, we've been trying to keep up with it. Um, we've been together eight years, so going on eight years of watching it. Um, my favorite skit of all time, I think, would be the Close Encounter skit with Kate McKinnon and Brian Gosling and uh, Cecily Strong. I think it is freaking hilarious. I think I die laughing every single time I watch it. And every time they uh, bring that skit back, I am just overjoyed. Um, I think the show is very important for uh, you know everybody to watch because they bring a lot of news and pop culture into it kind of you know making fun of some crazy stuff that's going on nowadays and I think I'm definitely going to be you know holding the tradition of watching it with my daughter when she's old enough or not so old enough because my husband's been watching it since he's about eight years old so um yeah thanks guys love ya so there's a cast member that I don't think that get is underrated deserves more credit as Kate McKinnon. Oh, she's really? awesome. Great. I don't she's think she's the really first cast her. member of SNL to win two Emmys. She's, is she? Yeah. She's fantastic. I, just, I don't hear a lot about her, but she's awesome. She's everywhere. Was she the one is in she? Ghostbusters? Yeah. Okay. But don't she hold that against her. Yeah, don't hold that against her. No, watch that movie. She, she, she is the good. best part of yeah. that entire movie. She was great in that movie. The movie I thought she great. did a great job in her role. In that entire movie, like yes. she really was that character. Kristen well, Wiig was also in SNL. Do you want to hear something controversial? I didn't think it was that bad. It was no, it was no original Ghostbusters. No, but it was okay. But that's what everybody wanted was original Ghostbusters. Yeah, I don't think it deserved the hate. No, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't great. 
it was an average movie that got some good laughs in there when you needed to. Yeah. But overall, if we're going to look at performances, she was the best part of the entire movie. That wasn't Chris Hemsworth because he was hysterical <laughs> yeah, he was in that movie too. too. I didn't see it, so I. This was my thing about it. Um, it felt like a lot of the time, and it wasn't. It wasn't um, Kate McKinney because I thought she, Leslie Jones, and um, Chris Hemsworth. I thought they were great. I thought most of it was great. I love the cameos. With Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd and um, Sigourney Weaver at the very end is Kate McKinnon. I like that they wouldn't play their characters from the original because Harold Ramis wasn't there. Wasn't there. Was there any Hudson in it? Yeah. Was he in there? Yeah. He's Leslie Jones's uncle that she keeps jacking the car from. (laughs) That was great. Yeah. I thought that was great. It was just like, oh, look, there's Ernie Hudson. So I thought it was great. I, I actually was super disappointed by Kristen Wiig and... Melissa um, McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy. I felt like... They had no chemistry. I felt like... No, it, it, I, yes, but I also felt like their lines specifically were written to get big laughs and they just did not deliver on what it... On the big laughs. Yeah, because they, they were... They could so, not pull it off. It was like they were supposed to have the most chemistry and bring the biggest laughs and... They did not. Didn't. And everybody else did. Talking about Kristen Wiig, she was probably one of my favorite cast members. Yeah, she was great on SNL. Yeah. Speaking of Kristen Wiig, and she's at I'm Target. I'm very <laughs> excited to see her as the villain in the next Wonder Woman movie. Ooh, oh, is I didn't she know really? That yeah, she's playing Cheetah. Oh, nice. Of the newer cast members, I also say I think Kristen Wiig was one of my favorites. Yeah, Kristen I, Wiig was I think good. There was numerous skits of hers that I I absolutely love. And just like JL said, the Target lady. Oh, the Target well, lady. That's is what best. I said. He did not. Oh, it. somebody said. Oh target. no, yeah, Target Lady was always good. Do you with know her. I legitimately always have that cashier if I do not do self checkout at Target. I've had that cashier <laughs> too. They're like, "Where did you find this?" And I don't want to tell <laughs> them because I don't want them to run Florida. away in the middle of the thing. It doesn't happen to me at Target. It happens to me when I go to Publix. Really? <laughs> oh, Every time it, I, I go to Publix, Publix, I get the Target Lady cashier yes. at Publix. Yeah. The last time I went, I bought an Oreo cookie cream cake from the bakery. Ooh. It was on sale. It was a limited oh, time I love sale. This. And the lady talked to me for about a solid three and a half minutes about this cake and asked me if I tried the frozen pies that they have. <laughs> she went on and on and on about it. And I was like, dude, just give me my cake. I want to go. <laughs> like, I had the kid with me and I've never been more excited to have him run away from me as I was paying for groceries <laughs> than the day I had that person cashing me out. And I was just like, oh no, there goes my son. I have to go. But to be fair to you, Laura, you're a magnet for weirdos. Oh, yes. Everybody talks to me. You too? Yeah. Everybody talks to me. That's why we're friends. Guys, if you ever have someone you need to talk to, just give me a call. I'm always ready to listen, even when I don't want to. (laughs) Her number is, is, hey, Nicole, what's your cell phone number? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Not going to say. All right. We got uh, a couple more callers. Um, This is CT, I think he says his name. I couldn't quite hear it at the end. CT. Best Saturday Night Live sketch ever, Tim Meadows, Chris Parnell, Molly Shannon, and Will Ferrell. And it's with the appearance of Tim Meadows, Dr. Pooh, and everybody loses it, including Will Ferrell, who almost never broke. Anyway, uh, it's where they, it's where Dr. Dr. Will Ferrell loses Molly Shannon and Chris Parnell's baby. I'm definitely nailing this description. All right. So I don't remember that skit, but I remember the cast. 
Dr. Pooter, is that what he said? I think so. Pooter. Interesting. So like you said, he was nailing the description, but that's one great thing about the shows. Everybody has like their favorite moment and even it doesn't even have to be a famous skit. People No. Like I love the skit where they all jump into the polar bear pit <laughs> because it's the unofficial end of the Sandler Spade Farley era. I don't remember that one either. It was there it was those three with um Norm MacDonald at a polar bear pit and they all jump in there going, Oh, the bear will never do it. Here, let me help and like Norm MacDonald's the last one standing. Oh, okay. And it was their like last skit they ever did. Huh. Which nobody realized it was gonna be. They thought they were just gonna come back the next season and they weren't there when they came back. Oh. Yeah, that was kinda of disappointing. They did do a good job. Mm. All right, next one is Stacy. Her mom's got it going on. That's what I hear. Hi, it's Stacy from New York. Um, old enough to be a fan of the original cast. And uh, there were some really dry years in between where I didn't watch. And now I'm a more avid fan with the current political conditions that are going on. Um, I'd have to say my favorite character of all time would probably be anything Gilda Radner did. I just felt she was brilliant and added to every single sketch she was in. Um, Weekend Update was also a favorite through Chevy Chase, Dan Aykroyd, Jane Curtin, and even now with Michael J. and Colin Jost. Thanks. There you go, Laura. There's someone you could talk to Gilda Radner about. Yay. He. You said you didn't even... You're such a Gilda Radner fan, but you were like, I didn't watch the first season. I wasn't born. (laughs) But obviously you know who Gilda Radner is. No, I said I wasn't born for the first season. I never said I didn't watch it. Okay. Ah, look at that. Oh, there you go. got you there. I I infamously stand corrected. Yeah, you are so infamously. I'm most notably noted as being corrected. You were corrected. So many typos. This this script. (laughs) This script went through four rewrites. Can I just say, with all the typos, there's one thing I can say about this show. It won't be a floop. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank goodness for that. All right, one more call. Hey, this is Bruder. Uh, don't really like your podcast, but I know you're talking Saturday Night Live, and uh, I didn't really watch Saturday Night Live. I only watched it. Uh, in 1985, I had Anthony Michael Hall, Robert Downey Jr., and I think that was the best seasons, but don't really like your show, and I don't like this topic. I do like podcasts like Gravity Beard and SNL Nerds. Mm. Well, there, there's Bruder. <laughs> he is my favorite caller. Every week. You know, for someone who doesn't like the show, he sure does call every week. Every week he's been consistent. Yeah. So. Bruder, he's got such great, I don't know. He doesn't have good taste in seasons, though, because he picked one of the worst seasons, which had an incredible cast. It had Michael McKeon, Anthony Michael Hall, Robert Downey Jr., um, 
Cusack's sister, what's her Joan Cusack. Yeah. She's oh, great. Oh, that's Debbie from Adam's Family Values. Yes. I mean, yeah. the cast was <laughs> favorite movie ever. Great, but they could not But he pull says it everything together. so well. He's so great at articulating his I know feelings. I love his voice. I could just yes. listen to it all night long. <laughs> <laughs> it well, makes me want to go listen to death metal when he talks. He's like, I don't like this. He hates everything. It's amazing. I know. He doesn't like any topic. I don't. I hate you. I love gravity beard. You know, Bruder, why don't you suggest the next topic? How's that? Hey, maybe he would like a topic I suggest. What's, what topic would you like? I still want to do Tim Burton. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. We could do Tim Burton. He's done a lot of work. Do you I get to pick a topic? Yes, she I feel like I have done enough shows oh, about yeah. my pink microphone sponge. I get a topic. <laughs> <laughs> I think you shouldn't get to pick a topic till you get your pink microphone sponge. Oh, well, wait. I can get on Amazon right now <laughs> by myself. Well, if you do, can you, you order know, my me bir- one, too? No, my birthday's tomorrow. I better get a pink no, microphone it's not. sponge. Yes, it is. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you didn't know? <laughs> well, oh, like you knew, JL. I did know. Facebook told me so. Oh, Facebook yeah, told you. Yes, yeah. thank God for Facebook. Yes, if that. If I know my husband would have known it either. I wouldn't know when any of my friends' birthdays were. You know, there's only like a 20% chance I would have actually texted you happy birthday because I just don't. I don't know do either. So don't feel I'm bad. Not that kind of person. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> no. Oh, let me send this out. Happy birthday, everybody, all year. Well, speaking of <laughs> speaking of birthdays, <laughs> let's rate this beer. Okay. Uh, what is it again? Gross. Coast Brewing's Dead Arm American Pale Ale. Dead Arm. Well, why don't you go first, then, Laura? Well, I really did like the picture on the can. However, the beer is not so good. So I give it a zero. It's one out of six. Um, I give uh, it no, Chris has given beers a zero Five, before. Give it a zero. I give it a point five. Okay. Normally we rate the beer one out of six uh, based on a six pack. Yeah. Right, but if I wouldn't but, drink one from the six pack, then I would give it a zero. No, I was just explaining it to the audience. I, I wasn't know what I'm criticizing saying. your rating. I've had Chris give a beer a one sip before as yes. his rating. Yes. Oh, I, okay, can I, I guess that would be it, because you technically, can go zero. technically I had like maybe five sips, because I kept trying to wait for it to taste better. Uh-huh. Yeah. It hasn't happened. Yeah, I know. You can go zero okay. if you want. There's nothing wrong uh, with that rating, except no. for uh, Blue Coast might be upset with that rating. But. Well, I'm sorry, Blue Coast. I'm sure you have other delicious beers. Oh, I think <laughs> it's just Coast. No. It is just coast, but the coast. can is blue, so I called it blue coast. Okay, coast brewing. I'm I'm sure you have other delicious beers, but this one is not my cup of tea. Uh, Nicole, um, I actually don't mind it. I actually kind of enjoyed this beer. That's good because there's two more in the fridge. All right, I think I think <laughs> it was smooth. I think it was not overly hoppy. It wasn't overly malty. It finished well for me i would actually give it a five wow i i enjoyed this one okay i am going with um i don't mind pale ales the finish not so great but the start's okay um i'm giving it a three Mm -hmm. all right brewmaster oh this one here i was not a fan of really yes what me and jl agreed we are agreed i found a bitterness at the end that i just didn't like the first sip you take, like you just go, oh, all right, and then you swallow and you go, Bleh. yeah, and that's what she said. <laughs> but overall, I just didn't find it to be very good of a beer, and I love pale ales, hmm. and this one just was not doing it. It's just too bitter, 
too dry. Well, I'm sorry that you do not enjoy it. What's the rating? I would have to give it a one. Wow. Wow. Have you given anything a one besides... Um, a Genesee? Yes. Genesee, yeah. He has. I don't know. I don't think I have very often if I have, but if so, this is definitely rare. Wow, I was not expecting that out of your mouth. Yeah, no, I had high hopes for this beer, too. Hmm. High hopes. Well, if you want to see any of the ratings, it's on our website, uh, podcast42show.wordpress.com. Yeah. So you can see all of our past ratings. And um, I would usually go with the JL ratings over the Chris ratings, just FYI. And go with everybody else's over Laura's. <laughs> okay, so average yeah, JLs is... with everybody else's besides Chris and besides Laura, and you'd get a good rating. Yeah. Okay. You're all over the board on yeah. your ratings. I like what I like. I just yeah. noticed on the bottom of the can, it told you what batch number it came from. What batch number is this? 669. Huh. <sighs> we're three too late. Hmm. You know. <laughs> but we're also sort of on time. This tastes like somebody's <laughs> dead arm. No, it does not. <laughs> hey, can we do dramatic. vodka tasting? We could do a vodka tasting, sure. You have to bring the vodka. Oh my gosh, it just sounds like so much. I'm so glad there's a futon here for me to sleep on. Yeah. yeah. That's why it's yeah. here. All right, Nicole. There's going to come a night. Yeah. It's, it's, it's available. It falls down into a bed. Nicole, where That's can you find us? That's the point of a futon. You can find us at uh, Spreaker if you look us up, Podcast 42. That's where we'd prefer you listen to us because we get paid by Spreaker every time somebody listens to us. But if Spreaker Spreaker is not your preferred choice of listening for podcasts, anywhere you find podcasts, you can find us, including Spotify nowadays. They They have allowed us to join their wonderful network. Um, the Podfix Network, we are now a part of. So if you look them up, you will find us listed there. And they have a lot of other great podcasts to listen to. If you're looking for something new to try, we are happy to be part of their network. Great group of shows. Yes. Yes. Definitely. All, all pop culture centric shows. So if you like this show, you'll find something yeah. else on there. Do you very like funny, yeah. very informative. And you can listen to our mixtape episode to figure out which one you want to listen to if you want our opinions on everything. But <laughs> our opinions are just all over the board, as we've already said. If you'd like to email us, email us at podcast42show at gmail.com. Make sure to type the numbers four and two. Anytime you look up podcast42, do not type the words 42. If you'd like to call us to leave a voicemail like the ones you heard tonight, uh, our phone number is 813-708-9717. So our next episode that we will be recording is... Ramones. The Ramones. The Ramones. If you'd like to comment on them. Um, But uh, just check what date this episode came out because we don't want you calling six months from now about the Ramones. But we would like if anybody called about the Ramones because we need phone calls and we'd love to hear your it's opinions on It's going to be a very short topics. episode. Short? Why? Just like every Ramones song. <laughs> <laughs> it's a two minute episode. Uh, on Facebook, if you'd like to interact with all of the uh, hosts of the show, we are the official Podcast 42 show group page. It will ask you to answer a couple of questions like how you heard of us, why, if you're going to follow our rules of our group. We accept, we have rules? We ex- no, it's just be nice. Are they more like guidelines? Guidelines. guidelines. They're more like guidelines. Just like, Are they? 
Yes. <laughs> um, we accept everybody. We just want to know how you found out about us. We post a lot of memes and fun, interactive stuff with uh, the members of our group. It's pretty big, so there's always some fun stuff to look at. That's what at. she said. Yes. Hi, Nicole's mom. Hi, Nicole's mom. So, is that everything? That is everything, except uh, we forgot what? to mention that there is a new show on the Potfix Network. What is it? It's called A Dash of Science. Ooh. Science! I could use that, because I was always the worst at science. Good at math, good that. at English, terrible at science. Yes, this one covers issues seen in everyday life on social media, in the news, and the world, and it'll attempts to discuss things through the lens of science. She blinded me with science. I don't know what that's referencing. She blinded me with science. 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 Thomas Dolby. The creator of Dolby Digital. Come on. He's the subject of our next episode. No, he's not. You said the Ramones are. We changed our mind just just saying talking about this because we didn't realize you didn't know who Thomas Dolby was. It should not be a surprise. I don't know who anybody is. We're like Saturday Night Live. We're just doing it on the fly. Okay. Sounds good. All right. I'm Christopher DeVos. I'm Nicole Fasone. I'm JL Trose. I'm Laura. Yay. Bye. See you guys next time. Bye. All celebrity voices have been impersonated poorly. All conversations may or may not be 100% accurate as well. We have attempted to provide you with the facts as best to our knowledge with the help of a case of fear, some old man that tells stories down by the river, Wikipedia, and old homemade YouTube documentaries. Do not use anything you heard in this show to write a book report with. You will get a bad grade. A really 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 bad grade. Just like all of our hosts did when they were in school. Music was provided by Cremo. You can find more of his tunes at Cremo.com. This has been a Podcast 42 production. This is a very special song. I hope you like it. It means a lot to us. Here we go.
First time I saw me was sweeter than shit Plaid jacket and belt too tight He wasn't even doing a bit Then he carwheeled round the room And slow danced with a cleaning lady He was a one-man party You know I'm talking about I'm talking about my friend Chris Farley On Saturday night, my man would always deliver. Whether he was the bumblebee girl or living in a van down by the river. He loved the bears and did the dance at Chippendales with Swayze. When they replaced his coffee with Folgers, he went fucking crazy. The sexiest gap girl and me lope in the bed. Without him, there'd be no lunch lady in lunch lady land. You know I'm thinking about, thinking about my boy Chris Farley. Stick the bottle right up his ass. But hung over his hell, that Catholic boy always showed up to morning man. We tell him, slow down, you'll end up like Belushi and Kenny. He said, those guys are my heroes, that's all fine and dandy. I ain't making that shit up, that's the truth about my boy Chris Farley. I saw him in the office crying with his headphones on Listening to a Casey and the Sunshine Band song I said, buddy, how the hell's that making you so sad? Then he laughed and said, just thinking about my dad The last big hang we had was at Timmy Meadows' wedding party. We laughed our balls off all night long, all because of Farley. But a few months later, the party came to an end. We flew out to Madison to bury our friend. 
moved on but you still bring us so much joy make my kids laugh with your YouTube clips or oh, Tommy boy and when they ask me who's the funniest guy I ever knew I tell them hands down without a doubt it's you yeah I miss hanging out watching you try to get laid but most of all I miss watching you fuck with Spain you're a legend like you wanted, but I still wish you were here with me. And we were getting on a plane to go shoot Grown-Ups 3. Your love ain't the same without you, boy. And that's why I'm singing about, I'm singing about my friend Chris Farley. And if we make enough noise, maybe he'll hear us. Give it up for the great 